listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania. Uh, right across Australia, each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got Daniel Matteo joining us in the studio. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, how are you going, Jace? I'm um, very well. How are you? Oh, living the dream, mate. Get awesome. Here. Come here, hang out with you, talk about the Bible. It's great times. It is uh, a good thing to do. I do enjoy this. You know, this is one of the very um, amazing benefits that I have is that every day I get to talk to somebody about uh, God and about the Bible. Mm. It's amazing. Beautiful day outside. Oh, lovely. You know, it's. I think the weather's starting to turn around. We had a couple of nice days last week, but then they got freezing all of a sudden but now the sun's out i'm, I'm hoping we may, maybe might have an early summer with if we're lucky well we've had a couple of warm days and then some cold ones and then <laughs> it's warming up again so it's been a, a, about an hour outside yesterday in the garden which was nice so um daniel uh, you're going to miss this beautiful weather soon because i hear you're going to be leaving tasmania yeah 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 apparently <laughs> that's the word yeah i've been asked to, to asked to relocate to victoria next year so i'll probably leave around, um, early in january yeah, yeah so, so we'll, i'll be we'll sorry not, yeah i'll be sorry not to be spending time with you on the radio every morning yeah we will miss you and uh, we have appreciated your programs and input into faith fm at tasmania in uh, tassie encounters so mm. Yeah, um, but we will remind our listeners that uh, we've just started. This is our second episode on a new series called Facets of Faith. And uh, last week we studied a topic, or the, the title of last week's program was The Call. Um, from my memory, it was really about understanding that God has a purpose for each one of us. Mm. Is that right? Well, absolutely. And, and also just the, the fact that God is calling all of our listeners, as well as you and I, mm. and uh, and everyone that's out there, you know that God is calling us to follow Him, and uh, and one of the pathways is is through His Word. So as we look at these different dimensions, these different facets of faith, mm. as we go through this prog- these programs together, that um, I'm hoping that that uh, people will be able to find their purpose, their walk with God through examining. Yeah, beautiful. And of course, uh, you can go back and have a listen to the past episodes um, using the Faith FM app. That's the Faith FM Australia. You search for that in the Apple App Store or the Google App Store. And uh, also the Faith FM website, faithfm.com.au. You can go to the Listen menu there. Um, Something I learned just a little while ago is that all of our programs actually also go into the podcasting area of Apple's uh, system and I think to other podcasting platforms as well. So if if you listen to podcasts, You'll be able to find Tassie Encounters, hopefully, on that platform as well. So That is new information to me. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know it until a few weeks ago That's as well. tremendous. And oh. I went hunting and I found Tassie Encounters on the Apple Podcast. Get out of here. Wow, yeah. that's good. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, so every one of our programs goes up there as well. So, um, But, yeah, fi- find our previous episodes if you want to catch up on where we've come from. And, of course, uh, we'll have a book offer later in t- uh, later on today, so do write this number down. This is our Tassie Encounters show number, 0488 880891. That's 0488 880891. 
891. And uh, we'd love to hear from you today. Perhaps text us in maybe where you're listening from. Maybe uh, tell us what the weather's like in the whatever part of the country you're in. Um, or uh, tell us something interesting about yourself. We'd love to hear from you today. And we'll have some questions later on as well. So, Daniel, today we're talking about The Word. The Word. That's the title of our program today, of uh, part two of Facets of Faith. And the, the title is The Word. And what we're going to be talking about today is really the role that Scripture plays. What is Scripture, first of all? What is it? When we come to the Bible, what are we holding in our hands here? What is this thing? And how do we relate to it? What role does it play in our life? How do we use it? How might we misuse it? And mm. what... Uh, what, what um, potholes might we have to watch out for and uh, finally what is it all about what's the what's the key message there that uh, that we need to take away so that's really what we're talking about uh, today and uh, hopefully um, encouraging some of our listeners to utilize scripture as part of their walk of faith in whatever form that takes mm. certainly for me personally um, it, it has been the words of scripture that have given me so much encouragement through difficult times it uh, has given me hope when otherwise I would not have had hope. So, absolutely, you know. I just, I guess, if I'm talking to anyone out there that is, you know, somebody that's not a believer or someone that perhaps you know hasn't got had much contact with Scripture or the Bible before, you know, these are words that have had a tremendous, tremendous impact on the history of the human race. Mm. Um, they have had a tremendous impact on the development of culture and uh, of society, and if nothing else, are worth having a look at just so that we can gain some understanding about the world around us. And secondly, <clears throat> I would say that these words have been a source of inspiration to all sorts of people all, all over the world, um, believers and non-believers. And if nothing else, a bit of exposure to the content might be a source of inspiration for us personally. I think about, for example, the Lord's Prayer, the most well-known religious prayer in the history of religion, you know, mm. or the history of faith and the history of humanity. And all sorts of people use and utilize those words uh, to relate to God as they see him, whether they're Christian or non-Christian. So that's just one example of a piece of scripture that's had a profound impact on the history of humanity. So I would encourage anyone that uh, might be listening that perhaps, you know, maybe doesn't know what's in the Bible or would... Uh, would like, you know, to at least give it a go, you mm. know, as the Lord says, taste and see that he's good. So, oh. Absolutely. So um, would you like to uh, pray before we get started today? Would you like to do that for us? That'd be great. No worries. Dear Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you for this day. We thank you for the great weather down in Tasmania. And uh, we just thank you for the opportunity to come to you and uh, to read your word and to share this with others today as well. We just uh, pray for each listener today that you'll be with them. You'll guide them and direct them and bless them. In your name, amen. Amen. Oh, thanks for that, mate. Well, look, I want to take us through a very, very brief intellectual exercise. And uh, let's just think about for a moment the universe. The that's, fact a, that's a big place. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> getting bigger all the time, did you know? Apparently. <laughs> Actually, uh, you know, expanding in all directions and some sometimes faster than the speed of light. New stars and uh, galaxies being generated, uh, you know, in all sorts of different ways our, our universe is, uh, is expanding. And uh, massive, massive, massive uh, place. But did you know that our universe had a beginning? Now, whether you believe in God or don't believe in God, everyone, everyone believes that now. <clears throat> uh, that uh, the universe had a beginning, at uh, w- which point we have to recognize that there was a moment when the universe did not exist. In fact, this is, uh, this is something that uh, people of faith and people of not of faith disagree on slightly. 
So uh, we would say as people of faith that there was a time when it didn't exist, but uh, uh, I think that uh, may- maybe most people out there would say that it was a singularity, you know, it was an infinitely dense point. <clears throat> and uh, all of a sudden, you know, some expansion began or whatever. So there- there's a slight disagreement. But whether we agree or disagree on that, the universe does exist now. At one point it didn't. Did it come from nothing or did it come from something? Mm. That's what we have to think about. That's the big question that uh, uh, the philosophers have to ask. <laughs> mm. Well, when I look around the world, I don't see stuff coming from no stuff. So, yeah. so that's the reason why I've landed on the on the side of faith, which I believe that uh, that the stuff that we can see comes from things that we can't see. We, there's a there's a energy, there's a force out there that I call God, uh, that is creative. Okay, well, let's think about that. That for a moment, like, gr- granted, and I'm saying it for argument's sake. Let's grant that 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 such a thing or a being or a, even a force exists. What would that What would that look like? Well, when we when I look at the um, universe around me, I see creativity. I see power. For example, in the in mm. the uh, in the stars. When mm. I look at my own uh, body, when I look at the systems in my own body and my cellular structure, I see complexity. I see planning. I see design. And when I look at uh, my own desires within my own heart, I see relationship. I see a desire for relationship and for connection. All of this must be a reflection of the whatever it was that generated us. And so if we can learn about God from looking at the universe, we can learn that he's powerful. We can learn that he's creative. We can learn that it's something like a mind because there's a desire for relationship here. And so would a, would a, let's use the word God for argument's sake. Would a God like that have a desire to communicate with his creations? You would expect so. I mean, if we model it on a parent-child relationship, mm-hmm. most parents want to uh, have a relationship and communicate with their children. So as created beings, assuming that we are created beings, you would expect that God would want to have some sort of relationship with us. Absolutely. And so if there is a God that's powerful enough to create a whole universe from nothing to create life from non-life and has a desire to communicate with his creatures, do you think that he would be able to be successful at doing that? You would also think that he could do that. (laughs) Well, absolutely. And one might expect that, you know, perhaps he would stick his hand down through the heavens and say, believe in me, tiny human. But then he's got a little bit of a problem there because as soon as as, if he ever steps in, a a being that is omnipotent, that's able to create a universe from nothing is also powerful enough to end our lives at any moment. Mm. And so if he reveals himself to us beyond all shadow of a doubt in some way, if he communicates with us in such a way that we know that he exists beyond all shadow of a doubt, then straight away we are going to want, well, we're going to be fearful of him. Mm. So if he desires relationship, he's got to find a way to communicate with us that isn't right up in your face, Mm. but still appeals and speaks. Not just that, he's got to find a way to communicate with us in a way that's going to be preserved and that is going to be, uh, you know, so the accuracy of it is going to be preserved. And when we look down through the history of humanity, it's literature, writing, that's been, you know, when we talk about things and pass on messages from, from person to person, we have a tendency to get things inaccurate. But when we write things down, then things are more accurately preserved. So I expect that if there is a God, that he would want to reveal himself through writing and uh, that's the reason why i'm somebody that takes scripture very seriously yeah Mm. 
We're going to come back and we'll read some scripture and we'll discuss this topic uh, a bit more. But uh, we've got a question for you. Do you believe it is possible for a supreme being to speak to humanity? And if so, how do you think they would do it? Text us in on 0488-880-891. This is The Perfect Wisdom of Our God by Keith and Kristen Getty. The Perfect Wisdom of Our God Reveal in all the universe All things created by His hand And held together at His command He knows the mysteries of the seas The secrets of the stars are His He guides the planets on their way Turns the earth through another day The matchless wisdom of His ways That mark the path of righteousness His word a lamp unto my feet his spirit teaching and guiding me And all the mystery of the cross That God should suffer for the lost So that the fool might shame the wise And all the glory might go to Christ Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Daniel Matteo on the topic of the Word, that is, the Word of God. And before the break, we were talking about how if God exists and He created the universe and He created us, would He want to talk to us? Would He want to communicate with us? And how would He do that? And we asked you a question if you believe it's possible for a supreme being to speak to humanity. 
How would they do that? And uh, tell us your answer. Text us in on 0488880891. We'd love to hear from you today. So, Daniel, uh, is it time to get into some scriptural passages? We'll do that. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure we could talk for the whole hour, <laughs> but uh, we should read some of the yeah, word. I believe that. Yeah, well, I mean, the first question I have when we're, we're thinking about this uh, this idea of holy writing is, is what is Scripture, actually? When when a believer says or talks about their, their Scripture and calls it the Holy Bible, in mm. what sense is it holy? In what sense is it special? In what sense is it different to the Lord of the Rings or, you know... Any other writing. Tale of Two Cities or whatever. Mm. Even anything, you know, and I like to ask kids this question and just say, hey, you know, well, what's special about the Bible? And they say, oh, well, well, it's got a lot of good stories in it. I say, mm. So it's like Grimm's Fairy Tales. Is You know, is that why it's good? Uh, no, there's something different. Um, and uh, sometimes they'll say, well... Well, because it's got a lot of history. Uh, so a history textbook is like a Bible. No. <laughs> and you can keep going around. And so what you find is that everyone seems to agree that it's special in some way. Even people that hate the Bible, by the way that they behave towards it, agree that it's special in some way. Mm. Because they there's no other book that they disagree with that they'd attract so stringently. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there is something special about it, but in what way is it special? And when we say that it's inspired of God, what does it mean? Does that mean God physically wrote it? You know? So uh, can you please read uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 to 21? Because there's a bit of an art- articulation of this principle. Sure, and I'm um, reading from the New International Version. It says, We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Mm, beautiful. So what you can see here is, first of all, what the Bible says about itself is that it is reliable, so that there's an um, affirmation of the reliability of Scripture. It says it's something that is uh, we would do well to pay attention to. So there's the wisdom of Scripture. There's the light of Scripture. It's as a light shining in a dark place. And, um, you know, it goes on. But it says that these things, these words didn't arise from the from the author themselves. It said that the prophet, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along. Mm. And so we have to understand that when we're looking at these books, that they are actually human writings. Yeah. Human beings wrote them, and usually the author is, um, you know, the, the name of the book. <laughs> There's 66 mm-hmm. books in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, um, you know, the book of Luke was authored by Luke. But w- what we believe about it is that the Holy Spirit was actually moving on their hearts. Now, that doesn't mean that, that God somehow took control of their hand and forced them to write what he wanted to write. God isn't represented as an author in mm. Scripture. When you read a story in Second Chronicles, it's, it's not written the way that God would write it if he were writing a story. Mm. It's written the way that the author would write it, and yet the Holy Spirit is moving on them to write. And it's important for us to understand that the Scripture we believe as Christians, or at least the orthodox view of it, is that this is a, a, a mystical union between God and humanity that has taken place uh, in order to produce this. 
There's something special about it, but something also very earthy. If you think about it, like it is a real thing, like you can encounter it. You can you can pick up a Bible and it has a smell and you can flip through the pages and you know, you can feel the feel what it looks like and what it feels like and and together these this is the word of God. Like there's something spiritual about mm. it as well. Yeah. And, uh, I love the word here, like it says in the New International, it says um the human uh, spoke from God as though they, they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The, the New King James actually uses the word they were moved by moved. the Holy Spirit. I love it. I, I like, like them both. I like yeah. both, both renderings, honestly. The, the moved, um, to me, uh, speaks that they were sort of compelled or they had such a strong uh, sense of emotion that they that they needed to write what what was given to them. Beautiful, and it mm. also speaks to the individuation of the Holy Spirit as well. When mm. we understand the stories of all of these individuals, um, you know, in education in pedagogy, teachers are always wanting to individuate for each student. They're wanting to connect with them in a special way and help them to learn uh, according to their own needs. And when we look at the authors of Scripture, there wasn't a one unified way that God spoke through them. Mm. Uh, it was all sorts of different ways. For example, Jeremiah heard a voice and he wrote down what, what he heard. But that wasn't the same with John. John saw a vision. Mm. Uh, Luke didn't Luke didn't have anything special happen to him. He just he collated, <laughs> uh, he collated information from different stories and different discussions that he had. Is that right? Absolutely. He interviewed yeah. people and he, yeah. um, he, he, um, he compiled resources. He did what we would call today a research project, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, but he felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to do that, and he mm. went and did that. Um, Mark wrote down the story that he heard from Peter about Jesus, that he'd, he'd acted as Peter's translator for a long period of time, and so he knew it by heart, mm. and he wrote it down. And mm. Matthew had walked with Jesus, but Mark did such a good job. He used Mark's, Mark's outline to do the same thing. And... Um, you know, all of these guys were moved in very different ways. Mm. And uh, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us in very distinct, very different ways. And uh, an example of this, of how we see both the human and the divine, is when Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, he's uh, he's addressing a bit of a problem that's going on amongst them, that they're competing over who's the best pastor and they're sort of fighting about that. And he's, he goes on to say, I thank God that I didn't baptize any of you so that you might not, you know, think that I'm someone special. But he, then he, as he's writing, he realizes that he made a mistake. He said, oh, wait a, wait a second. I did baptize the household of Stephanos and a few others. And beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. Mm. And as he's writing the Holy, you know, he's actually, he kind of makes an error and then he corrects himself. But the Holy Spirit is using that process as he's doing it and you get a picture of of a man that deeply love deeply loves his people and reflects the love of jesus in that you know mm -hmm. and so that's at the level at which inspiration works it helps us to understand so what is the purpose of scripture is the next thing we have to look at here would you like to read second timothy three fifteen to 17 for me please yeah it says uh, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in christ jesus all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Beautiful. So It's interesting here, isn't it, that it says uh, it's able to make you wise for salvation. Nice. And people argue about different translations and different individual words, but what we know is that the scriptures... Pretty much, you know, whichever translation you get is able to make you wise for salvation. That's right. And, you know, I think there's a bit of a misconception too. You know, I've heard some, for example, when I was a kid, I, I read the book um, Da Vinci Code by Dan Brown. It came out when I was in my early 20s. I think I might have been 19 or so when it came out. 
And everyone was reading it and saying, look, look, look what Da Vinci Code says about the Bible. And I, I think it was the character Lee Teabing who was who went on this big rant about how you can't trust the Bible because it's, you know, human and it's been and one of the things he said, it's been passed down by numerous um, translations. And the idea is when people go to a bookshop and they see, well, there's a new international version and there's a new living translation and there's a new mm. King James. Oh, they're all different Bibles. You can't mm. trust the Bible. Mm. If you ever read them side by side, they say the same thing, yeah. you know. I mean, the disagreements in terms of translation are very minor, <clears throat> uh, very, very minor and have no real impact on meaning and definitely not the message of salvation, which, yeah. is, the, which is what comes through. Yeah. But uh, the the meaning of sal- the why salvation, obviously, through faith in Christ Jesus, that's a purpose of Scripture. Mm. But it teaches us, first of all, that it says about itself that it's God-breathed. You know, that's what we were talking about before, Mm. being carried along by the Holy Spirit, the author was. But it says that it's useful for teaching. So uh, that's uh, for understanding what's right, you know, what we call doctrine in in orthodoxy, you know, understanding the truth about God and about uh, about lifestyle. Uh, Rebuking. So a rebuke is when you are heading in the wrong direction and you need to turn around and do a 180-degree turn because you're doing something uh, destructive. And uh, sometimes the Bible does that to our lives. It um, points out things that are wrong, and that's a good thing. We want God to uh, to help us to know when we're going in the right, wrong direction because he, uh, he will save us from the bad consequences that will come at the end of that path. The other thing it does here in uh, verse 16, it tells us that it's good for correcting now, correcting is different to rebuking. Rebuking is when you're heading in the totally wrong direction. You need to turn around. Stop. <clears throat> Correction is when you're just a little bit off the track. Mm. You know, you just got a couple of wrong ideas or you're doing something just a little bit, but, and you need to come back online because, as you know, if there's two parallel lines heading along together, they will head on for infinity. But if one of them is even a fraction of a degree out, when it's followed through to its full um, I guess uh, destination that they'll be very far apart and sometimes if we have just a tiny little wrong idea it can lead us down a wrong path it's a bit like the rebuking is the uh, the brake pedal in the car and the uh, correcting is the steering wheel oh beautiful no, that's, that's <laughs> really that? good yeah wonderful so correcting and uh, training in righteousness. So not just um, saying what's right and wrong, but telling us how to do right, you mm. know, and training and teaching us uh, how to do, uh, you know, ministry, how to serve others, uh, how to do the things we need to do, do good things to make the world a better place so that the servant of God might be thoroughly equipped. And so that's the last thing it does is it actually equips us with the resources we need. What? For every good work. That's mm. the purpose of Scripture as a, as a Paul out, outlined it or articulated it to young Pastor Timothy in the Ephesus church. Hmm. We asked you a question, do you believe it's possible for a supreme being, let's call that God, uh, to speak to humanity? And if so, how would he do it? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on 488 8891. We're talking about here rebuking, correcting, training, and uh, this uh, chapter, Psalm 119, we've got a song about that. It's a beautiful chapter in the importance of God's word to keep us on the right path. So this is called Psalm 119 by The Corner Room. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to Sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. 
our free will offerings of praise, oh Lord, teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget, I do not forget your law. Testimonies are my heritage forever. For they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. Forever to the end. Forever to the end. program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Daniel Matteo on the series Facets of Faith and we've been talking about the scriptures or the word as we know it and uh, we have asked you a question. Do you believe it's possible for a supreme being to speak to humanity? That is God and uh, if so, how would he do it? And we'd love to hear from you today, 488 Uh Daniel, I'm sure there's more scriptures we want to cover today um, in regards to the importance of the word. Mm, absolutely. Well, how do we use scripture? Because I, there's no doubt whatsoever that scripture has been misused. And so as somebody that like that, that takes scripture seriously, I want to make sure that I'm I'm not misusing it mm. and that I'm not using it or not using it to abuse people or I'm not using it in a spiritually abusive way, which has been the case. So can we look up uh, 2 Timothy 2.15, please? 2 Timothy 2.15. Let's just see if I've got that one. Yes, it says here. Didn't we just read that one? Yeah. Um, no. That, so chapter 2. Ah, oh, 2.15. Sorry, did, I've got 3.15 yeah. here. Second Timothy 2.15. Here we go. Sorry, yeah. oh, in the wrong chapter. Here we go. It says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not, uh, who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Beautiful. So 
Paul is writing to this young pastor, uh, Timothy, uh, there at the, the church in Ava, Ephesus Church in Asia Minor. And he says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. And he says, correctly handling the mm. word of truth. Now, you're going to have to read between the lines with me there. There seems to be an implication there that it's possible to incorrectly handle mm. the word of truth. And uh, we've all heard about Bible bashers that like to uh, browbeat and to condemn and to attack others using God's word. Mm. And that's a really sad use of it. What do I need to do when I come to Scripture to understand what it's saying, first of all, and uh, and also use it in, in, a, in a way that's, uh, that's positive? Well, I have to make sure I understand the context. And I always like to think about the Bible as being open in front of me. And I want to think about the world behind the text. So I imagine if I'm opening a Bible in front of me, there's going to be a world behind it. That, that is the, the people that, uh, that the author was originally writing to and what was mm. going on in their life at the time. And the culture of that, mm. of that time as well. Culture, archaeology, mm. you know, like whatever situation they were addressing at that moment. Mm. When you understand a bit about that situation, sometimes you can get insight into what's being said. Secondly, I want to look at the world around the text, which is all the stuff that's written around it. I don't just cherry-pick verses here or there. I want to read the chapter. I want to read the whole book. I want to get the, a sense of the whole message. And then I want, to, I want to figure out the world above the text, which is w- what is it that this is saying about God? And that I haven't really understood it unless I understand what does this tell me about Jesus. And then lastly, finally, then I want to understand the world in front of the text. What is it that the Bible, this piece of Scripture means for me today in this century? So let's just go through it again. It's the world around. Uh, the world behind. Behind. <clears throat> so that's your, your, your context, your yeah. cultural, situational context that the author was writing to in that moment that he wrote. And then the world around. That's the tech, what we call the textual context or, you know, the, that's the, the wider chapter, the wider book, the, the message of the whole, the whole passage. The word above. That's what is it? tell me about God or Jesus mm-hmm. and in front of is I've got it open it's in front of me what does it mean what for is it me? saying to me yeah yeah so that's how that's a good pathway to that in order to understand rightly um, the text of scripture and you know well what is the effect of that when I'm going to do that can you look up for me John 17 verse 17 to 19 it says <clears throat> excuse me sanctify them by the truth your word is truth As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Beautiful. Now this is Jesus praying. And as Jesus prays, his prayer is sanctifying. Now that word sanctify, we don't really use that very much anymore. In fact, sometimes we might use it as as an insult. You know, oh, that person's sanctimonious, you know, something like that. Mm. But uh, I don't really talk about sanctifying things in my daily life. So maybe some people might not know what it means. Sanctify means to make holy, Mm. to set aside for a holy purpose, to transform into something that is worthy of the divine. And he's praying for his people, and that includes you and I. And Jesus says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Talking about scripture. Mm. In other words, the scripture is actually going to have an effect on the heart. Mm. As we take God's word into ourselves, as we read it, as we allow it to wash through our minds and hearts, it's going to have a sanctifying influence. There's something about reading the Bible, whether we agree with it or disagree with it, you can be, once you're exposed to its content, you're forever changed by it. You cannot be untouched by this message. 
where, you know, sometimes it's a response of, of hatred and anger towards God and others. Sometimes it is a response of surrender to the love of God that we see revealed in the pages. But it's very difficult to be on the fence. Scripture has a, a nature within itself of calling for a decision mm. and uh, calling for us to make up our mind about what it is that we believe about this. And when we will submit to its influence, when we, al- we will allow it to wash over our minds and hearts, when we allow the Holy Spirit to do the work and allow these words to speak to us, we're going to find it's got a sanctifying and it's got a washing influence uh, through our mind. It's amazing for me the scriptures um, accurately describe the world that we live in down to even the nature of the individual, you know, that it 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 has the power to get to the heart of the matter, you know, and uh, sometimes that's challenging for us because when we read it or when we hear it spoken or read, um, it challenges us in in some uncomfortable ways at times because we have to we have to take uh, a look at ourselves and see what needs to change in our lives. That's why the author of Hebrews said the word of God is living and active, sharper mm. than any two-edged sword. It's, mm. It penetrates through the bone and the marrow mm. and the flesh. You know, that's what it does sometimes. Sometimes it's going to cut us to the heart. Mm. I mean, you can't you can't read those Ten Commandments and come away and go, you know what, I'm, I'm squeaky clean around here. Because mm. even if you've never murdered anyone, even if you've never disrespected your parents, you know, it gets all the way down to the end and starts talking about covetousness and jealousy. Mm. And, uh, and, it, and well, suddenly you realize that God's law has to do with my thought life as well as just what I do. Yeah, and that's uh, particularly when you read the words of Jesus that mm. goes in alignment with that. Absolutely, mm. yeah. And so, look, our next little point has to do with application. So can you read James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25, please? It says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. It's a bit like that when you've just had a haircut, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Mm. So James here actually presents God's word as being something like a mirror. And it's funny when you could just think about that. Let's imagine that I have a smear of mud on my face and I'm going to go into the bathroom and there's a mirror there and I see that on my face. And you realize you had it there half the day. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're, just, you're walking around with it and people did with too polite to mention. Don't you love it when that happens? Yeah. <laughs> but look, the thing is now you can see it. Mm. And it's it's offensive. You, we don't. You're probably going to remove it from your face. Well, <laughs> probably. We, we'd like to. I mean, I think that um, let's just let's just carry this through as a metaphor, and let's imagine that uh, that I'm going to go to God's word, and God's word's going to pro- point out a problem in my life. Mm. And just as it's offensive to me that I look unattractive in a mirror with mm. mud on my face, so mm. it's offensive to me to find out that something I'm doing that I like doing is wrong. Mm. And that God isn't happy with that. Mm. And so I look into God's word and I see that I have a problem. I have a moral failing. I've got some issue. And I've got a response within myself. First of all, it's rebellion because I don't want to change. Mm. But it's very clear that it doesn't look good. Mm. So what am I going to do about it? Well, most people, what they want to do when they see a problem in God's word is that they want to smash the mirror. I want to get rid of that. Let's, you know, undermine it. Let's, you know, destroy it, get it out of the way. And then I can feel good about what I'm doing. But it doesn't remove the dirt. And it doesn't, everyone else can still see it just because you can't see it. 
everyone else can still sin. It doesn't solve the problem. Mm. Another thing that some, and sometimes Christians do this, they figure, well, what I need to do is since I've got a problem, I need to rub my face all over the mirror, you know, and they really get serious. I'm going to try and keep these commandments. I'm going to just put my head down. I'm going to do it in my own strength and nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to do God's commandments. I'm going to do, and that's all they talk about. And they become legalistic and twisted up and there's no victory and no power and no joy. And that's like rubbing mirror. If you rub a muddy face all over a mirror, it just gets smeared around and mussed around. There's no solution. What, what's the intelligent thing to do is to turn on the tap mm. and to rub that water all over your face. And then you can look and you can see cleanliness. And that represents the blood of Jesus. Yeah, you know, it says we need to be washed. Yeah, that's mm. right. So what's that's what Jesus wants to do. He wants to wash us clean, forgive our sin, and then we can look back in the mirror and see cleanliness. And mm. there's no guilt and there's freedom from that. Mm. Mm. This is our time for our book offer today. It's called A Wonderful Bible, and it's not actually a Bible that we're giving away, which uh, I'm, I'm hoping that one day we'll be able to give away Bibles. They're not in our library at the moment, but uh, I'm going to hopefully uh, get some Bibles so we can give them away. But this is a collection of stories by Arthur Maxwell. It says, written by beloved author of Bedtime Stories and the 10-volume Bible story set, Uncle Arthur Maxwell and edited by Dr. David Marshall. The purpose of this book is to enable you to see Jesus more clearly and to catch a fresh glimpse of the love of God. It's the hope of the author and the publishers that every reader, when he closes this book, should say, I never thought that there was so much in the Bible. It is truly the most wonderful book. Um, so we're going to give this uh, book away today and uh, we hope that you can claim this book. We'll give you a... Uh, a code after the break to claim this book, Our Wonderful Bible, Bedtime Stories by Arthur Maxwell. This is, this is According to Thy Gracious Word. According to Thy Gracious Word.
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing our program up today with Daniel Mateo and we're discussing the topic of the Word, that's the Scriptures, the Bible. And our book giveaway today is our wonderful Bible. It's a collection of stories, bedtime stories by Arthur Maxwell. And uh, the code for today's book giveaway is FACET number two. That's F-A-C-E two and the number two, no spaces. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero. 891. Now, Daniel, we've got quite a few uh, scripture passages and uh, a story that you'd like to share as well, so um, we haven't got much time. <laughs> we better get back into it. Well, would you like to read for me John 6.33, because I think that would be a good place to start. Sure, let's do that. So John 6.33 says, For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the word. Oh, beautiful. To the world. Mm. To the world, sorry. That's right. In in, in particularly in the book of John, but throughout the scripture, the bread of life is synonymous with both Jesus himself mm. and with God's word. Mm. In And the thing we've got to understand is that Jesus identifies himself very closely with his word. Go and say what you were going to say. Oh, first John, uh, sorry, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was God, and the word was with God, the word was God. And, and then, so. yeah, verse 14 says, yeah. the word became flesh yeah, that's it. That's and Jesus. dwelt among us. Mm. Yeah, and so that, that's talking about Jesus. Jesus mm. identifies himself very, very closely with his word. And in John chapter 6, verse 63, it says, it is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Mm. You know, this bread that came down from heaven, Jesus himself carrying his word, his teachings, and then disseminating to us his words, his spirit, his life, that, that, that scripture has within itself a real life. Uh, a real spiritual life, that which we're longing for. Not, I'm not just talking about the apple pie in the sky by and by eternal life that, uh, that, that you know, the, you've heard the people on the street corner preaching that are holding the Armageddon signs. I'm talking about a spiritual life that we long for now in this moment. Like, there is a, there is a thirst, I believe, that human beings have within them. Um, Augustine put it this way. He said, Thou hast made us for thyself. Talking to God, it was a prayer. Confessions, I think, was the book. They are made us for thyself, and the restless heart will wander till it finds rest in thee. We are we recognize generally as as an experienced human beings, we recognize that there's something missing, and we go looking for that solution. We recognize that there's some sort of spiritual death within us because we are, no matter how hard we try to do follow our desires, to follow our dreams, to follow our emotions to follow our, I guess, financial goals or whatever it might be that we that is driving us forward, it's ultimately empty mm. without the spiritual life that, that arises, that flows from his word. One of the greatest tragedies that I find uh, in society is that this word is so often maligned, it's so often politicized, and it's so often demonized, mm. the Bible, mm. to the point where, like, I've met people that, that just are very offended by even bringing up the subject, but they have no idea about the content. Mm. But Jesus promises that this is the source of true spiritual life. There is a life within Scripture that's going to animate our hearts. It's going to point out what is really important in life. There's a hierarchy of value there that's beyond anything that we can ever imagine. And uh, as... Um, Jesus, actually, after his resurrection, 
uh, he was uh, <laughs> he he turned up. There was two disciples that were traveling from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and they were a little bit dis- uh, discouraged because they believed that Jesus was dead. They'd watched him crucified and then put in the tomb, and they're walking along together, talking, discouraged. Their teachers being killed. They're grieving mm. the man that they loved. Their hopes for the future, and they're walking along together. And Jesus starts walking along next to them, and uh, it's hilarious. They don't recognize him. You know, they're so consumed by their own grief and their own problems. And this is what we are like. Uh, we walk along throughout life just focused on our own problems and our own dramas and issues, never ever realizing that Jesus is right there with us all the time, longing to communicate with us. And he, as he's walking along, he actually speaks to them. And he says, what are you talking about as you walk along the road? And they say, oh, haven't you heard? Oh, it's so horrible. You know, Jesus, we thought he was the Messiah, but then he was crucified and I just... We just don't know what's going to happen. And then Jesus did something amazing. He didn't say, hey, you guys, it's me Mm. at all. Mm. Would you like to read for me Luke 24, 27? It's recorded there. It says, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So Jesus started with the Bible. And and instead of saying, guys, I'm right here. He actually communicated God's word to them. Mm. And as he did that, you know, Paul says it this way. He says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Mm. He's implanting in their hearts a seed of faith. And that faith begins to grow and they start to get excited and they start thinking, well, maybe maybe it's not all over after all. Maybe there's some hope for the future. Maybe we can be inspired to keep moving on in our journey. And funnily enough, as they get to Emmaus, he makes out as if he's going to go further. And they say, please come in and eat with us. And they come inside. And, uh, and they begin to eat, and he offers the blessing over the bread. And as he, as he does that, there must have been something distinctive about him mm. in that they recognized him. And as soon as they recognized him, he disappeared. And what they said next was amazing. Would you like to just, just bring it up? I'm actually not sure of the verse. Let's just uh, go down the chapter a little bit and find it, because, uh, because they said something really, really indicative there. Let me just find it here. Uh, 26. Uh, yeah, here we go. Verse 32. Would you read that for me, please? So that's Luke uh, 24, 32. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning with, within us while he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Yeah, beautiful. So they looked to each other and say, basically, it was like this. Why didn't we recognize him? Mm. Now, it wasn't had to do with his physical appearance. That would be obvious to us. Why didn't we rec- We've been hanging out with him for three and a half years. Why didn't we recognize his beard or whatever? But that's not what they talked about. That wasn't the defining feature of his character. We're not our hearts burning within us while mm-hmm. he talked with us on the road and opened. This is the same way we used to felt, feel when he explained the scriptures to us when we were walking with him around Galilee. Why didn't we recognize him? This is a trait of his. Mm. Uh, that Jesus points to Scripture and opens the uh, opens things, these things up concerning Himself, and that causes a feeling of spiritual life within the heart. Hearts burning is the way that they described it. You know what a blessing! And this is the spiritual life that God offers us, offers to us through His Word. And I I just want to appeal to our our listeners today that you know whatever it is that you're going through down here, it's possible that it's possible that uh, that the darkness that the situation has caused you to be you know, just focused on the bad things, focused on, on the, a lack of hope and of discouragement. And I want to let you know that that same Jesus that walked along with those two disciples is with you now with his arms around you, wanting to share the message of himself with you through his word, mm-hmm. just as he did that day. 
We would uh, like to extend to you an invitation that um, if you have not studied the scriptures and you'd like to do that in person with somebody, get in touch with us. Uh, we, we can find somebody who would be happy to study the scriptures with you uh, one-on-one or in a group. Um, yeah, do text us in at 048-880-891. Remember the code for today, FACET2, is for our book offer, Our Wonderful Bible, uh, by Stories by Arthur Maxwell. Um, Join us tomorrow with David Maxwell on our program Reflecting Jesus, Sheep of Another Flock. Sheep of Another Flock, that's uh, the topic of tomorrow. And next week we'll be uh, talking about the touched. The touched. Do you want to give us a 10-second description of that? (laughs) Well, uh, you know, we we all want to be feel that uh, that emotionally we've been touched and that our hearts have been touched. So next week we're going to look at a facet of faith, a a teaching in the scripture that has to do with emotional touching of the heart. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. Well, join us next week with Daniel Mateo. This is Word of God Speak by Mercy Me. May God be with you today. I'm finding myself at a loss for words and the fun Last thing I need is to be heard, but to hear what you would say, word of God speak, would you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty, to be still and know. That you're in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness Word of God speak Finding myself In the midst of you Beyond the music Beyond the noise All that I need Is to be with you And in the quiet Hear your voice Word of God speak Would you pour down like rain Washing my eyes to see Your majesty To be still and know That you're in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness Word of God speak Would you pour down like a rain Washing my eyes to see Your majesty Be still and know That you're in this place Please let me stay